0: Elliot, uh, welcome back. Just a normal week. Uh, I thought for our banter section, another big animated smash has hit the theatrical scenes, the theatrical screens, and we have both now seen it. So, Elliot, why don't you share some of your thoughts on the newest uh, Spider-Verse movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse.
1: I liked it a lot long-time listeners will know that I am a big fan of the original uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I think that Across the Spider-Verse, when we did our year-end review episode, Across the Spider-Verse was one of my most anticipated. And yeah. I would say that it lived up to the hype. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the first one. Probably, I don't know, I it's... I've seen two very good children's movies this year, this movie and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I, I think I probably liked Puss in Boots more, but, uh, enough of the qualifications. Uh, this is a fantastic, great movie. Um, easily it's leagues above whatever Marvel's doing these days. (laughs) Uh, It's leagues above whatever most children's movies are doing these days. The animation is reliably eye-popping. This movie understands kinetic action scenes like very few other films do or even can. Uh, It never really feels visually noisy, which I think is a very easy pitfall to fall into in a movie like this. Uh, Characters are really strong, very funny. I think that they set themselves a very challenging ending to try to do smoothly and quickly. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but I think that the ending kind of struggles pacing-wise. Honestly, that's the only real nitpick I have, uh it yeah i've i've said i've said a lot of words without actually communicating very much the the upshot is that this is a great movie i highly highly recommend it if you haven't seen the first one what's wrong with you get it done get it watched and then see this one in the nearest theater and then get excited join me in excitement for uh the the third one which will presumably close out the trilogy
0: Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. And I think even if you haven't seen the first one and you can't find a way to see it quickly, just go to the new one. I went with more than a few friends who had never seen the first one and they had a great experience. They really enjoyed the film. So I think we're planning on watching the first one to kind of get them caught up. But this... Uh, Everything Elliot said is 100% true. The ending's a little funky in terms of pacing, but super funny, incredibly beautiful animation. Very, uh, you know, I say experimental in the sense that it's not like incredibly basic animation, but it looks amazing, really good. Big recommend from both of us here at the podcast. So, um, with that, let's let's jump into that's enough banter. Let's let's jump into the movie that we're doing this week. Elliot, do you want to take us? This is sort of this is your pick. This movie is very much in your wheelhouse. It's a bit of a history movie, it's a bit of a, a German movie. I know you love Germany so much. Uh, Thanks. but you chose this movie. So, uh, yeah, walk us through. What's this
1: movie about? What's, what's, What's the deal with Downfall? The deal with Downfall is that it's about Nazis. Specifically, the Nazi to end all Nazis. I'm talking Adolf Hitler, of course. This movie is a historical drama character study thing. It's a little hard to classify, but it's about... Hitler's very last days in his bunker in Berlin as the Red Army is uh, essentially crushing Berlin uh, between it its many different armies. It's encircled the city. It's moving in. Lots of people are dying. Everyone's very sad. Uh, and Hitler is kind of hanging out in his bunker going pretty insane. So it's, uh, obviously he's not the most reasonable individual beforehand but he didn't really he was still bound to reality in a in a certain sense uh at this point hitler's mental health has decayed to the point that he's he is pretty detached from what's actually going on um uh, it's told from the perspective of Trottel junge his real life secretary at the time it is the movie is bookended by interviews with her, very brief interviews with her, but it's based on her account of what was going on in that bunker in the last days before the Soviet Union took Germany, and the war and en- well, the European war ended. Obviously, we still have a few months to go in the Pacific theater. But the war in Europe ended, uh, and she was kind of exonerated. She was declared a young follower. Which essentially meant she was too young and stupid to know better. She doesn't really agree with that, as we see in this movie. But uh, it's a German film, so it's it's all it's all German all the time. Um, came out in two thousand four uh, to great acclaim. I had previously thought that it was a, an Oscar nominee for best foreign film. That's not the case. Uh, it was it was awarded in several different movie scenes. Uh, film critic scenes, but I don't think it ever got the Golden Statue not. Or at least, when I did the Google search that I can see by the reflection in his glasses, Nathan is now replicating. It didn't come up. Uh, no, it was nominated for best foreign film. Oh, I guess it didn't win. It didn't win it. No, it didn't win. But yeah, uh, that's about it. It's it's it's. It's about Hitler uh, and a bunch of his uh, inner, inner circle. Everyone's panicking. People are essentially trying to jump ship, and Hitler is pretty much losing his mind. Yeah, so I
0: guess sort of to walk through, uh, I guess, our experience with the movie then, as opposed to the movie itself, uh, I watched this with you, a couple years, more than a couple of years ago, probably like three or four years, something like that. Um, because I had, it was on IMDb's top 250 movies. I think it's like 124, 125, somewhere in that area. So I was trying to complete that list of movies, and I don't know if I purposely chose to watch this with you, or if you just happened to be in the vicinity while I watched this. But I I remember both of us enjoying this a fair amount, enjoying in the sense of appreciating it as a good film, not enjoying like we were having a ball of a time. And yeah, I gave you the option to pick the next movie that we did. You chose this. I think you chose it. I mean, I, I'll let you explain why you chose it. But just to kind of give my opening thoughts, I enjoyed I. Thought I still thought this was very good, and I was actually surprised by how good it was because I was kind of worried just looking at the runtime. It's almost two hours and 40 minutes long, and I remembered or I knew that it's a fairly slow movie, that not a lot really happens. It is kind of just a character study of both Hitler and the ideology and kind of atmosphere he had created in his. Inner circle and in the bunker, so I was kind of worried that I was going to be very bored, especially since I try not to do this. But for movies, I have to watch for the podcast. There is a sense of which, okay, I've got to you know get this over with, watch this movie. So I was really surprised that I ended up getting really into the movie. I was very invested. I stopped looking at my phone for long periods of time. (laughs) So I was kind of surprised coming back to this. And I'll, I'll get into some of the reasons of why I got as invested as I was in the movie. But yeah, I I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Again, I'm going to keep using enjoyed. Just put in
1: there, I appreciated this movie. Well, I'm glad that you had a pleasant experience with this movie. Um I watched this last night at 10 o'clock, so I was pretty tired by the end. Oh my goodness. I, it's been a busy week for me. Um, I never looked at my phone because I have to read the subtitles and stuff, so looking at my phone means I lose information that the movie is trying to feed me. Uh, I, I don't... Obviously, Nathan is correct on the historical record uh, of our experience with this movie. Nothing to add there. I... Also liked this movie a great deal. I don't think I liked it as much the f- as the first time I saw it. I feel like now that my tastes have evolved and now that I have a better understanding of the mechanics of storytelling, I had some issues with this movie. I think that this movie is too long by half. It's not one of those like ambiguous move ambiguous ones where So, like, my opinion on the Batman's runtime is I'm like, yeah, you could trim and edit here, shave off a conversation there, but I think that generally it works. There there is no ambiguity for me. This movie is too long. Um, It's by a fairly significant margin, and I think that some of the performances are a little bit flat, and also, due to obvious budget restraints, I feel like some of the more ambitious elements of the movie I'm talking specifically about the like battle scenes or the scenes showing just how desperate Germany's military situation in Berlin was at the time I think that they fell a little bit flat uh, that's not a huge deal I'll get more into that when we when we start talking about it but on the whole I liked this movie quite a bit uh, I thought that the headline performance is from Bruno, Gantz, I think, is his name. Yeah. Um, as Hitler, I thought he did a great job. Um, and it's all—it's always got to be pretty uncomfortable playing someone like Hitler. Uh, but he—he he understood the assignment. And yes, obviously, I spent the last four years studying history. I don't know a whole lot about this, like very specific moment in. German history, but having seen speeches that Hitler gave, having seen and heard the man speak before, I feel like Bruno did a very good job of embodying him, and I think that the writing was really strong in getting across the mindset that it requires to do the things that... Germany was doing at the time Um, I feel like the headline for this movie is delusion everyone in this movie Mm. is so deluded Hitler is deluded in a very psychological sense like he does not understand what is happening and he is growing increasingly detached from reality but also the people that he surrounded himself with are just so obsessively devoted to him that they are willing to do things that defy logic. Uh, We'll get into this later on, but the things that people are saying are so realistically frustrating. Like you just want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and say, are you insane? Do you not understand what is happening here? But that's the kind of... That's the kind of fanatical, what? Fanatical indoctrination, not not indoctrination, that's the wrong word. I, I'm trying to think of a different word than devotion. But the fanatical devotion that Hitler inspired, the cult of personality that he was able to establish, is the lifeblood, was the lifeblood of his regime, and is the lifeblood of most authoritarians, is you need this kind of figurehead to uh, to lead the way um, and Hitler was obviously that and he's kind of reaping he's very much reaping what he sowed in that because the whole problem is no everyone is too afraid to say we're screwed and thereby a lot of people are dying. So I think that this movie really understands, the Nazi ideology and how fascism operates, and what are the circumstances by which it is allowed to operate, and I think that it did a fantastic job of communicating that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm as harsh as you in terms of uh, what were you what you were saying at the beginning in terms of the movie is too long by half. I do think the ending is where the movie kind of loses me. But the first, like, I guess two hours, the movie up until Hitler kills himself, I think is where... What? Spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. Well, it's history, so it's not really a spoiler. But I think that portion of the movie, the movie up until that point, is where you see a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. That we can see... Right, How I can't pronounce Trottle, whatever the woman's name is, his secretary, Right, we can kind of see. And I think the one scene that really jumps out to me was when she's talking to Eva Braun, who is Hitler's mistress and then wife on the last day of his, his life. She's talking to him and she's like, it's so frustrating that he's been completely consumed by the negative parts of his kind of like personality. And they talk about Hitler in a way that they're like, he's so nice in private. And I think Trottle even says, and then he says such brutal things, right? That there's a sense in which she knows when he says something, right, about the Jews, that he is clearly saying something that is wrong or at least harsher than she really feels. But because she knows him personally, she's, it's, right? The classic sort of, um, abusive relationship or sort of, um, toxic relationship that she, in her mind, she's like, okay, he says these things that are kind of mean and nasty, but like, he's so, he's nice to me. He's polite. He's kind. He's right. We see in that first scene that she, that she's in when she's doing the typing and she's, I don't know if she's, I can't read German. So I don't know if she's going too slow or if she's misspelling things because everything looks misspelled to me in German. (laughs) Um, But he's like really nice to her, right? He's like, oh, that's okay. We'll take it again. And then she gets the job. And we see other scenes of him being very accommodating and kind to her. And so I think when the movie is building this very realistic depiction of Hitler is when the movie is best. And as soon as that depiction and that kind of thematic minding of material is gone and the movie is just like the characters we've met trying to figure out how to not get killed by Russians, the movie gets significantly less interesting. But I think the first, I think it's like two hours, two hours, 20 minutes, of the movie has all of the stuff that I
1: find most interesting and engaging in the film. So let's let's talk about Hitler. Um, Adolf Hitler is a bad person. It's not revolutionary. It's not groundbreaking to say that. Most people agree with that sentiment. The people who don't are themselves pretty bad people. And I think, and in movies, he's obvious, the Nazis are obviously like, one of the quintessential movie antagonists. Uh, you got Indiana Jones um, in the more fictional side. In the historical side, there's endless war movies, action movies about killing Nazis, taking them down. You, Nathan, once read a book about war as portrayed in the movies. Um, and I remember you saying, you going through like major wars and how they're depicted and the the kind of the way that World War II is portrayed is always uh, in very is always focusing on the heroism of the Allies and the villainy of the Axis. So, uh, the the point of all this is to say that this is a this is a unique movie in that it is not that. Like when you talk about the setting for this movie, the last days of World War II... The waning days of the Battle of Berlin. You probably imagine an explosive, grand action movie about the Allies delivering the final decisive death blow to the swaying German state. But this movie is much more quiet and much more introspective, and it's it's about people rather than the conflict. Um, obviously, in a broader sense, it's about nazism and the people who and how it took root um on an individual level uh, speaking like in terms of historical narratives there's much more to it than just what any one person finds appealing in the ideology uh you have to talk about the economic setting you have to talk about world war one you have to talk about nationalism a lot of stuff that this movie doesn't cover but i don't think that's to the movie's discredit, I think that the movie is focusing on more individualist themes um, about how they viewed their leader. Um, so I guess I've talked my as is usually the case. I've talked myself into something else. Let's not talk about Hitler. Let's talk about the people around him and how they view him because these people love themselves some Hitler. Uh, most of them. There are multiple scenes of people like crying to Hitler, saying like, "Don't give up. Let's do this. Let's turn this around." Um, and obviously, part of that is the delusion thing. Like at this point in the war, much like with the issue with the pacing or the length, there is no ambiguity. Germany is done for. The Red Army has obliterated the Nazi army in the east. Um, the Allies have obliterated, have pushed the Nazis out of Africa, out of Asia, and are essentially, they've liberated France by this point. They've liberated most of the Nazi conquered territory. They're in Germany. There is no way to turn this around. Without, short of like Hitler discovering the super soldier serum and making a bunch of Captain Germanys, this is the end. And yet Hitler like generates this reality distorting field through the power of at this point, not even the power of his charisma, because he's basically lost all that, but through the power of the idea of Hitler, the idea that is so integral to fascism and to like strongman, authoritarian politics. The idea that all it takes is one guy and overwhelmingly it is a guy who won't back down, won't take anyone's nonsense, who can single-handedly grab the reins of the decaying culture and culture and political cultural and political sphere and drag people back to the light. So people have constructed an edifice of Hitler in their minds that not even Hitler is capable of changing. I think one of the most interesting and infuriating things about this is when Hitler like says Hitler says this is over we've lost i'm going to go kill myself so that the soviets don't get me make sure you burn my body so they don't even have the satisfaction of having my corpse and people are still letting still acting as if Hitler is their north star like they're saying He said, never surrender. We can't give up. We can't give up on Nazism. And I'm like, the dude is dead. He gave up. Why? Why are you still doing this? And the reason and what is so good about this movie is that it shows how they have been, how they have become true believers in the Nazi cause to the point that not, not even the collapse of Nazism is able to shake them free of their delusions. And that's the thing. Everyone, again, everyone in this movie is so self deluded that they just, they are incapable of accepting reality as it is.
0: Yeah. And I, I think I knew, I knew this was going to happen with this movie because the movie is so purposeful. It, it's really only goal is, and I think you said this when we first saw this movie, is demystifying and de, uh, I don't think this is a word, but kind of mythologizing, like creating the myth of, it's d. it's removing the myth from Hitler. That it be, we can see so clearly, right, that Hitler... He's got a disease. He looks bad. He looks sick. He looks old. This is not the Hitler from like Inglorious Bastards or the Hitler from Jojo Rabbit, who is explicitly a fantasy. But this is Hitler as he was in his final days. Right? He was crazy. He was paranoid. He was on his last legs in every conceivable way, and the movie works because we can. We can clearly see that, right? Exactly like you're saying. We can see that this entire thing is crumbling and these people are delusional. And so then it it draws us into the question of why couldn't they, right? We've got, I mean, the people in the bunker are, have a myriad of reactions to the fall of Nazism, right? We have people like Goebbels and his wife who are clearly, I know I Elliot shaking his head I Goebbels and his wife really in infu- I mean, it is hard to do, but I'm not joking when I say I hate them more than Hitler in a movie with Hitler. I mean, he I hate Goebbels, but whatever. And I love I, I feel bad because the actor looks like an alien or something. And I know that's just how he looks. And I think that's just how Goebbels looked. He looked just like a freak, but whatever but we have people like goebbels and his wife who are clearly right as slavishly devoted to nazism as hitler is and so they do a lot of awful things but then you also have people like himmler who right flees to go to some brothel to pretty much just waste away the final days in debauchery that so, sorry that wasn't oh, himmler that
1: was his assistant it's himmler. yeah it's right, it's hegel something like, i can't remember it's his name like hold on keep talking i'm gonna look up the cast list
0: okay but then i think most of the people fall into the same sort of camp as trottle that they're like we know this is point we know this has reached a point where there's no kind of escape but in that they don't see like oh i should abandon this ideology like they are still, they've been so devoted to it for so long that none of them can see like, oh, I can just surrender and go on and like be a good, like learn how to be a good person. I, I think the atmosphere in the bunker is so interesting and there's so many shots of, I think there's more than a few where like Trottle or someone is just walking through the bunker and you can see the soldiers discussing how best to shoot yourself in the head to make sure that you kill yourself, right? That the mentality is, if this thing isn't going to work, there is no point in me living past this thing. And so, I think that's where I think I am less critical of the Coda because the the kind of end of the movie is some characters coming to the realization, like, oh no, I, there is a reason to keep on living beyond this thing that we've constructed. But I, I kind of knew that this discussion of this movie, the really the bulk of what's good about this movie is the thematic, like I said, demystifying of Nazism, Nazis, and specifically Hitler. And so I think that's where a lot of my enjoyment for the film comes because, like you said, the writing is so good. The acting, I think the acting is really fantastic across the board. I was really impressed this time with Trottle. I thought she did a really good job of, you can see that she's very devoted to this person that she's gotten to know very well in the past, I think, five years, four, three, you know, however many years she's been his secretary. But then you can also see kind of the crumbling facade that she's starting to come to this realization that I think he might be nuts. I think what he's saying might be a bit wrong and her slowly coming to that. But, yeah, I think a lot of what makes this movie fascinating is the examination of, like you said,
1: the delusion of these people. So it's Hermann Fagelin, or possibly Fagelin, who was Himmler's liaison between himself and Hitler. Uh, And he was Eva Braun's brother-in-law. She was married to his sister, or her sister. Um, Yeah, to your point, or I guess... I don't remember saying that this movie was about demystifying Hitler. If I did, that's great because that is that is perfectly put. So if that was, good on me. If it was just you that you've misremembered, good on you. But yeah, and I think that, uh, so just as a brief aside, this movie did generate some controversy in the fact that it was told from the Nazi perspective. And obviously people are always going to get a little antsy when we're, meeting the Nazis on their own terms because obviously their terms are completely unacceptable, but I don't think that this movie humanizes its characters in an attempt to make us sympathize with them. I think it is about pulling back the layers of myth and story and legend that have accumulated around these people to reveal that they were just people. Like Hitler was obviously one of the worst people of all time. Like I think that I re- I he- I read someone who said that no single word is aso- is instantly associated with more physical or moral ruin than Hitler's name. Uh, and that's absolutely true. But I've forgotten what I was saying. <laughs> Run back the tape. But he was he was ultimately a, a human. He was yes, ultimately just a person. Like he didn't drink the blood of children for for breakfast. And he didn't go around sneering and twirling his mustache. Although I'm not sure how you could twirl such a ridiculously small mustache. Or you know, sharpening his fangs. Um, and I think that. From a historic, one of the things that I appreciated about this movie is that it it understands how to do history. Because it is intellectually, I think, pretty lazy to say that Hitler was a monster, so monsters do monstrous things. And to end the discussion of the events of World War II, the Holocaust, the conflict itself, at like it's just what happened because that's just what was always going to happen. I think that that's really poor. I think that that's really bad history. Um, And obviously it's not very instructive because not to evangelize my own major, but the, the point of studying history is the point of understanding the past is to understand the present. Like when, anytime you ask why is this happening? You're asking a question about history. You're asking, What are the events and circumstances and actions that came about to make this thing happen? And just saying, well, it just happened that way because that's what monsters do is not very informative and also probably wrong because Hitler wasn't a literal monster. He wasn't like a demon or a werewolf or anything. He was a person who had convinced himself of very wrongheaded ideas and had convinced a huge portion of the country of these same ideas and thereby was allowed to enact these jaw-dropping atrocities. And so it's more important to understand him as a person than it is to have the catharsis of just depicting him as an insane monster and look obviously that's what he was in a moral sense he was obviously a monster and i have no problem with inglorious bastards depicting him that way or like wolfenstein the new colossus just (laughs) tearing the ever-loving stuffing out of him as a person that's obviously fine but that you know that's i just said you know ridiculous that's appropriate for what it is, but this movie is not that. And I think that there's I don't think that there's anything wrong with that is what I'm saying because I think this movie is trying to do something a lot more thoughtful and ultimately a lot more insightful and useful in a in a historical sense. Yeah,
0: and sort of to bring the discussion back to explicitly stuff in the movie, I think the movie does this through a lot of ways. Some of them I've already talked about, right? That the man Bruno playing Hitler is obviously sick. He's obviously old. He's not very, he doesn't come off as very charismatic in the film, certainly. But I think also some of the cinematography, I was really struck. There was multiple scenes where I think they're very purposeful of never shooting Hitler like from a low angle shot. The kind of thing that you would use for kind of a dramatic um, hero shot is sort of how I see that or a like heightening the power of the person. It's always from a very sort of static, I think, chess level is where mostly the shot is. And as a result, um, Hitler was kind of short, or at least he was short compared to that one bodyguard who stands outside his room. Cause there's more than a few times that he's talking to him. And I was just like, geez, he's kind of he's not a very tall person. He's also slouching, which is poor posture and hurts your ability to appear tall. So for all my short people out there, you gotta roll your shoulders back. You'll you'll add a couple inches. But I, I think the movie does a very good job in terms of the technical elements of keeping that same mentality, right? Of we don't want to make Hitler out for anything other than what he was, which was a person, like you said, with incredibly incorrect ideas, who was able to convince a lot of people to go along with those things. And I think That's why in the first half of the movie, the scenes with like the doctor, there's a doctor who is told to evacuate Berlin and he chooses to stay to try and help some of the people. And there's scenes of the children who have been conscripted, been drafted into the army, who are like like, literal like 10 year old children. And I think the scenes like that are really useful to this same delusion because we see that even people who are not in the same vicinity as Hitler, who are not in the same place as Hitler have that same delusion of we've got to do this. I mean, I think there at the beginning, the kid's dad shows up and he's like, I don't like, I don't want you fighting a war for no reason and ending up dying. And I think the kid runs away and calls his dad a coward. And it's like, why would a 10 year old do something like that and say something like that? And it's because the ideology had seeped all the way through the culture to the point that even a child would turn on his own father and call him a coward because his father's not embodying the principles of this ideology. So, uh, you know, I think we've talked a lot about kind of the themes and ideas of the movie, but I think this movie was made, again, it's a German film. It's made by a German director. It's clearly made with the intention of all of starting discussions of all of these things. And I think the fact that it does convey all of those so well until the ending uh, is one of the incredible strengths of the film.
1: Yeah, I think I read when I was looking around for stuff on this movie, I saw a snippet of an interview of the director and he said that the purpose of this movie was to allow Germans to live the trauma to live their own trauma. To understand mm. on a more personal level this watershed moment in their history, because after this, obviously Germany uh, is a bit of a success story in terms of formerly uh, fascist countries. It's not like I don't want to, so I, I don't want to get terribly political here, but it's not like Hungary, which used to be part of a an authoritarian regime as part of the soviet bloc and now is just kind of an authoritarian regime outside of the soviet bloc germany is 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 not like that germany is much more of a of a success story more like japan in mm. terms of countries that have turned themselves around and gone to therapy or whatever <laughs> uh so i think that that's a that's a that's a noble goal for uh this movie and yeah it, it does it It does it really well. And the thing that... The thing that I came away thinking the most from this movie this time around was, like, what a waste. Like, what a waste of life. What a waste of... I mean, there's really nothing else to say. There's nothing more important. But, yeah, what a waste of human lives that this all amounted to. Because this movie isn't, uh, like... Saving Private Ryan and movies more like that are like, are infused with anger, righteous anger. And again, that is an appropriate, acceptable reaction. That is the right reaction. But this movie is more like this is just a waste because these people have wasted their lives on this terrible, destructive ideology. And from that... They have wasted millions and millions of more lives in this globe-consuming conflict. And so the the sense that you get isn't this burning fury at these criminals. It's just this kind of disgusted pity for these pathetic, ruined people who have, by their own choices, ruined their lives and ruined the lives of countless other people and it is it's 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 a waste it cuz they yeah they've they've wasted their lives and now they've wasted millions of other people's lives yeah well and
0: i think that's definitely in the last like 40 minutes of the movie the sense that i get cuz you see just person after person after person shooting themselves and it's so pointless and i think the movie is making that point with that there's sort of that that early in the movie she gets a vial of the poison that hitler that a lot of people use to kill themselves in the bunker and so a lot of the ending to me at least has sort of this question of is she going to see that there's something more than this failed ideology or is she like so many other people in this movie going to buy into the idea that as soon as nazism is done i'm done Like, either I'm going to be killed by the Soviets or I'm going to be, get, you know, thrown in prison for the rest of my life and failing to see that, right, if we keep moving on, we can keep, we can get to something better. And so I, that's why I really like that it ends with the interview with Trottle, I think a real interview with her, where she's saying that she came to these conclusions of, right, her guilt, her complicity complicitness in the actions that took and she's kind of moved to a place of being able to hopefully, I think, I guess I don't know for certain, but forgiving herself for those things and finding some sort of peace after that. But yeah, I guess to sort of talk about the negative of the movie, I think a lot of the ideas that we're talking about are less apparent in the last kind of 30 minute I mean once Hitler kills himself and Trottle leaves the bunker it really kind of feels like a drawn out like it's very drawn out in the sense that I know how it's going to eventually end right we've already seen at the beginning of the movie that trottle is still alive so we know eventually she gets out of whatever she doesn't kill herself. So it feels like 20 minutes of waiting for something that we already knew it was going to happen, and not in an exciting, tense way, in just kind of a boring, like, how many asides are we going to go through before we just get to what we all know is going to kind of happen? It's not awful, and I still think there are some ideas that are present in this sort of epilogue sequence. That are good, and I really like the final shot in terms of the actual movie of her and the of the kid who kind of had given up on the Nazis and went back to his family before his family got killed. Um, but them on the bicycle, I think, is a nice, poetic sort of ending that the the movie finally like. It's not as cloudy as the movie is, it's not as gray, they're riding a bike in the sunshine. There's a sense in which like Elliot was saying from the interview that we're past this watershed moment and we can start making things right. So I really like that end, that you know, scene that moment, but I think it it kind of takes a bit too long to get there.
1: Yeah, if I had to guess, so this is based on a on two books, one of them by, like, an academic historian, one of them by uh, Junga herself that she wrote in um, in cooperation with, I think, like, a historian. And if I had to guess, I would say that this is probably what happened um, because real life rarely plays out in a narratively pleasing manner. So I think that... In terms of, and there's a whole other debate, like, I trust me, I've had this debate, or I've listened to this debate a lot over the last four years about when it's appropriate to sacrifice historical accuracy for the sake of entertainment. I think if we want to operate as if our one of our primary objectives is to make a movie that is good by conventional standards that would have been the time to do some compressing so we could wrap up all these threads in a more timely manner. And yeah, I, when, it, when Hitler killed himself, I happened to pause the movie to go get a drink. And when I got back, I was like, dang, how is there so much of this movie left? and and the, re- it's, and a lot of it I think is more forgivable because it's like I said at the beginning people are debating over the meaning of Hitler's last words as if Hitler is not dead as if they need to keep on fighting the fight for a guy who has given up the fight. Um, Yeah. And so I, that's, that's a point well taken, but by the time they're out of the bunker, I think is when I was like, okay, why are we still doing this? Let's, let's wrap it up here, folks. We've good job, everyone. Handshakes, hugs, all around. Somebody hit the lights and let's go home. So I, I, I that's you know, that's always a bad sign. Is when you're having those thoughts um, because obviously you you've lost immersion. So that's that's my big problem with the movie, and it's not a big. That's my major problem. That's my biggest problem with the movie. It is not a big problem with the movie, but in terms of showing people who are deluded to the point of mental illness, Mr. and Mrs. Goebbels really suck. They are terrible. Like, Hitler, the point of showing Hitler is to show this broken, ruined, pathetic man who has completely ruined his own life, he's ruined the lives of a bunch of other people, and it's that's the that's the point of... Demythologizing him, which I think if it's not a term, it should be a term because that's a pretty good term. That's a term that one of my professors would have enjoyed, would have enjoyed. And then you've got people like the the, the family who are pathetic in a different sense. They're pathetic because they're these obsequious, psychophantic losers. Like they are just so pathetically lame. They're, 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 they're so slavishly devoted to Hitler that they don't have any personality and they don't have any principles. Like, their principles are Hitler. Not even Nazism, which is obviously a terrible principle. They've got an even worse principle because it's not a principle, it's a person. Uh, you know, I said you know again, so that's fun. Mrs. Goebbels, her whole thing is that A world without National Socialism, which is Nazism. That Nazi is actually an acronym uh, for National Socialist Socialist German Workers' Party. Obviously, it makes more sense in German rather than in English. But yeah, National Socialism is Nazism in shorthand. And Nazism is National Socialism in shorthand. Um, But yeah, she's like, a world without that is just not a world I want to live in. Great, that's interesting. But it's also not a world that she wants her children to live in. So she murders her children, and then she and Gebbles kill themselves. And it's again, it's such a waste because they they have they're so deep in the realm in the realm of cognitive dissonance that they they can't, like they're incapable of Imagining a world without Hitler or his ideology, so they killed themselves and they killed their innocent children, and fantastic. And I was like, "You guys are, you guys are awful. You guys are just terrible." Clearly, seems to have a gotten there. It's just, it's just, it's just really <laughs> bad.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Clearly, it really struck a nerve with you, and it did. I almost texted you as I watched it that I was like, I remember hating. Gebels and especially Gebels' wife but i even more so just a very visceral reaction to yeah all of the stuff you just said uh do you have any other kind of closing thoughts my only other one is i think the way they treat both hitler and eva braun's suicide and Gebels and his wife's i think is very good because i think they do a really good job of not romanticizing it, especially with Goebbels and his wife, right? That they don't linger on like the poetic beauty of a husband killing his wife before killing himself. They focus on, look at these morons who are giving up the cause and forcing. I mean, the camera pans over to show the soldiers who are about to come in and burn their bodies that I got much more of a sense of all of these ideas that we've been talking about, that it's much more like this is so stupid and they're so devoted quote unquote that they're forcing other people to like cover for like they're not even devoted enough to defend their ideology in a court of public opinion like they're they're not devoted enough to genuinely follow through on any of this stuff they're just going to take the easy way out so to speak and have other people deal with their issues which is the sense i got as opposed to i think it could have been easy to accidentally film it in a very poetic, romantic, almost way. So that's my only kind of closing thought.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's really well put. I think that it kind of, while you were talking, kind of put me in the mind of the way that, n- when we we talked about last week, the way that neo-Westerns treat violence. That it's just kind of a matter-of-fact thing. And again, the, the, the thought that I have is, it's just such a waste. Like, all these people... I know that I just got mad at Gebel at the Gebels, but usually I don't get mad at things I just get kind of I just kind of get a bit sad um, so that was that was kind of how I was in this movie because I was like all these people dead for what for and who is at his core just an idiot who has bought into a toxic combination of racism and social Darwinism that's not even scientifically or morally defensible, but has spilled oceans of blood trying to legitimize that and trying to establish it in the world. And so, yeah, it's just... It's a it's a complete waste. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of life. It's a waste of everything. Um, I don't really have... Any other thoughts? Uh, I, I think that the executive producer, so Marissa, she's a psychology major. I feel like she would be able to better explain what's going on in these people's minds. Because, the you know, the, I said, you know, for the third time. It's preposterous. Thoughts and prayers, guys. Send me your thoughts and prayers. The delusion aspect of it, I feel like she would understand better than I do. Uh because i'm thinking specifically of how goebbels when so goebbels essentially conscripts civilian forces to do nothing other than kill themselves get themselves killed by russians in the defense of berlin and one of the captains from the field comes back into the bunker and says hey you're this is doing nothing like these people are just getting killed and at first Goebbels is like, oh, it's tragic, but it has to happen for the good of Germany. And the captain keeps on insisting. And Goebbels does a heel turn, and he's like, well, it's their own fault. I don't have any sympathy for them because we were given a mandate from the people. This is what we've done with that mandate. So it's their fault for giving us the power to do all this. And I feel like there's a lot of defensiveness and rationalization going on there, psychologically speaking, I just don't, I just don't quite have the tools to explain it, but I think that it is, I think that it's really well done, and I think that that's very true to life, the way that people will try to justify themselves, even when their different, their various justifications are at odds with themselves. Like... I did this for the people, but also the people are idiots and they suck and they deserve to die. That kind of thing. Sure. All
0: right. Well, let's, uh, let's go to final ratings. I don't really have a lot to say. I feel like just the nature of our conversation shows that while this might not be an enjoyable film in the same way that across the spider verse was an enjoyable film, it's a very interesting and important film. I think it's, well worth a watch if you're a history fan or if you're just someone who's kind of fascinated in the way seemingly good people fall under the
1: sway of horrible ideologies and ideas and that's I think, a reference to that's a reference to trottle not to hitler or Goebbels or anyone like that just to be clear yeah but I think for all of those
0: reasons, it's a great movie, incredibly well-made, very purposeful in terms of the way it's shot, in the terms of the way it's framed. I think there is some, you know, pacing issues there at the end, but they're not huge. I'm going to give it an 8.3 out of 10. I, I think this is a really good movie.
1: Uh, yeah, not much to add there. We've mostly talked about the thematic elements, but uh, and every time we do that, I feel like I, I need to say that that's because the movie is su- such a good marriage of form and theme that you it's people sort of or some people get down on movies that say that they want to start a discussion um, because there's a sense that they're not fulfilling their prime objective, which is to entertain people. I- I'm not 100% sure I agree with that being the prime objective of movies, to be honest, but that's a different discussion um, or that they're more political or something. I disagree. Uh, and I think that movies that want, but I do think that movies that want to start a discussion have to do that have to do that in an interesting and thought-provoking way and that comes through the form and that's where this movie succeeds. It's just that that success can be kind of obfuscated. By itself, because it is so thought provoking and it does provoke these kinds of discussions about the nature of fascism and how people convince themselves to do terrible things. I mean, we didn't even touch on like the banality of evil that I think Hannah Ar- Arnett or something, something like that, she referred to she referred to that being like the the main way that Nazism was able to do these things is that it was just, it was bureaucratized. It was bureaucratized and industrialized, and all these terrible things were filtered through lenses of normal, everyday, innocuous banality, which I think this movie also does very well in the everyday goings-on in the bunkers. And now I'm rambling about stuff that doesn't really have to do anything with what I was talking about. The point is that I think that this movie's form is very good, and you can see that in how you don't talk about it very much. Because, like, with Up, we were talking mostly about the form. Even though that movie did have interesting themes, we were talking, not Up, gosh dang it, Nope. (laughs) 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 The movie about a different flying object. (laughs) Sorry. We were talking about Nope. We were t- that movie does have interesting themes, but we were stuck on the form because the form wasn't very good. Whereas this movie allows you to talk about the themes because the form delivers it in a satisfying manner. All that to say, <laughs> this is a very good movie, a s- completely independent of any thematic considerations. It's well made, well shot, well acted, well constructed. The ending is poorly paced. Um, but I am willing to overlook that in light of the accomplishments that the preceding two and a half hours makes. So uh, I'm gonna give it an A minus. Wow. Okay. That's
0: that's higher than I thought you were gonna give it, Dang.
1: Well, I, I I I I'm I'm getting the sense that you probably have the better rating system because I I not infrequently find myself wishing there was a grade between B plus and A minus. Yeah, well,
0: you know, not to get into grading stuff, but I I do think it's very hard to grade, especially when you like, it can be hard to delineate between movies that you like and movies that you like more. And that's where I think that, because I had the same issue for a long time of like, I wish there was something in between seven and eight. And finally I was like, I'll just put things on seven, like whatever, they could suck it up. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, Let's get to recommendations. This episode is turning out to be much longer than I thought it would be, but that's great. Hopefully everyone loves that. Elliot, what is your recommendation for someone who watched this movie and maybe wants, uh, for some reason,
1: more of the same? (laughs) Uh, So I've got Judgment at Nuremberg for you. This is another historical movie, although this one is an American one, so you'll be able to watch it without subtitles. You'll be able to look at your phone during the movie, although I strongly suggest you don't do that, because Judgment at Nuremberg is quite an excellent film. If you didn't know, this is by the director of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is a less beloved film, but also one that does get quite a lot of attention. Great Sidney Poitier performance, if you're looking to honor his recent passing with an offering from him. Um, But Judgment at Nuremberg, so it's set immediately after World War II at the Nuremberg Trials. And the Nuremberg Trials, is it's multiple different trials. Because obviously, there's a bunch of different people who are guilty of a bunch of different things. So you can't have one big trial. Obviously, the big one is the trial of the Nazi higher-ups. People like Goring, who made an appearance in this movie. But this is actually uh about the trial of the judges, the people who passed and enforced the laws that or didn't pass, but who enforced the legal apparatus that the Nazis established. Um so they're the people who found people guilty of doing things that are in no way, shape, or form a crime, like associating with Jews or not being a, not being Nazi enough. Um This is their trial. Uh, And the reason I'm choosing it is because it is also about why people do what they do and how they justify that to themselves. Because a a great deal of the movie is dedicated to the single judge in and out of the courtroom interacting with Germans and kind of seeing the different ways that they dance around the issues. Like they say, he's got this this... He's living with these two, this husband and wife, and he is kind of making polite conversation with them. And I think unprompted, they're like, it's terrible what the Nazis were doing. We didn't even know. We didn't even know what was happening. And then the same thing happens with the judges where they're like, we were just doing our jobs. We were just enforcing the law. We didn't understand what was happening. Um, And this is much more of like a righteously angry movie, although the judge is more sad. He's more like me. He's more just kind of a bit sad. But it is it is so good the judge the main character he's so good the way he his, his he's got his like last speech at the climax of the movie when they're doing the sentencing thing. I'm my hair is standing up just thinking about it. Nathan, you probably can't see that but I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It is one of the best speeches in movie history where he talks about like that there it is, there is so much more that is important to being a judge than passing laws and blindly following orders being a judge is about being just it's about pursuing justice and you can't say six million people can't disappear from public life without someone noticing i mean you can quibble about questions about the scale but it's not possible for people to not know to the extent that they were saying we didn't understand what was happening it's it's a fantastic movie, and it really dives deep into the mindset that you have to have to convince yourself that you're either a good person or ultimately not at fault for the things that you are clearly at fault for. Um, so, yeah, that's a great movie. Definitely give it a watch, especially if you're uh, if you were inspired by this movie's examination of of people and how why they do what they do, especially when the things that they do are so terrible.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. I think I watched it before you and recommended that you watched it. Could watch it. Uh, I just want to shout out Spencer Tracy is the guy who plays the main judge in this movie. And he does a fantastic job. Iconic actor. Um, my recommendation is kind of along a similar vein. It is a German film that came out uh, I, I want to say like 2013, 14, I think it was 2014, 14. Okay. Wow. I was closer than I thought. Uh, it's a German film called look who's back. It's kind of a satire comedy. The premise of which is that Hitler uh, just comes back to life in modern day Germany and basically starts doing all of the same things that he was doing in right. The, the, thirties, the twenties and thirties to like accumulate power. And it's a satire basically of the German director saying, Hey, you guys are so stupid and fascist. Hitler could come back, like literally just Hitler, like not a new Hitler or something. The actual Hitler could come back and do what he wanted, what he wants again. So it's a fascinating look at kind of how Uh, far-right fascism rises today, kind of how it's rising in Germany, but I think it's also applicable in any other country where there is a far-right movement or a movement of kind of fascist people accumulating power. So I think it's a fascinating movie. It is reasonably funny it's hard to tell what is necessarily a joke because it's in german and there's i think a culture difference there but i found it a really interesting watch and just a more modern sort of look at the same ideas that this movie and judgment at nuremberg are going through
1: uh, yeah I have not seen this movie I really really want to I've wanted to see it for a long time it's like impossible to find um I will see it eventually I know a lot about it um I I think I had known about it before Nathan had seen it also it's from 2015 not 2014 so that's my bad yeah I I so I can't in good faith second this recommendation having never seen it before but I do really want to watch it and I I, I anticipate enjoying it. And yes, it is supposed to be a satire of the rise of the far right where it's often taken as like kind of like a joke. Or it's not taken very seriously, where people are like, oh, it's just this guy saying this crazy thing, whatever. And then it it's like it's like having a, a lump on your body that you ignore until it turns out that it's cancerous and at that point it's too late. So yeah. I think that it's really easy to understand in light of these movies that we've been talking about today that life is in fact hard and full of disappointments yeah
0: i do also want to say the idea of you saying not to get too political and then talking about hungarian politics is so funny to me if i was at a party and someone said not to get too political and then started about talking about like the Polish
1: prime minister, I'd be like, wow, that is not where I expected you to take that. That was my other, that was my other option. I was, but I, I I was, cause obviously the same thing is happening in Poland, but I didn't know if more people would know about Hungary or Poland. No one knows about either of those. You are the only. I
0: when you said everyone knows, you know it's happening in Poland, but I couldn't tell Hungary or Poland.
1: No one has any idea. No one in America knows this. Clearly, you don't spend enough time around Dad because he won't shut up about it. About Poland and Hungary, yeah.
0: That makes sense. Our dad is a 100% the kind of person to be like, not to get too
1: political and then start talking <laughs> about Eastern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> talking about the political sphere in post-Soviet countries.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's
1: funny. All right. Well, um, we hope everyone
0: has a great week. We'll be back next week with another fantastic new episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Maybe the next one will be a bit more fun, but I wouldn't. Uh, count on it, wouldn't bet on it. So thank you for listening.